The Matrix is a computer-generated dream world built to keep us under control in order to change a human being. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Ping.tv. Join the discussion at Ping.tv slash gold. Hello, folks. This is Dustin Gold right here at the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. I hope you are all doing well, my happy little gold pillars. Uh, as always, house cleaning here. If you're not checking us out on Apple Podcasts, please do so. Go over there to the Dustin Gold Standard or go to Commander Payne's channel, the Thomas Payne Podcast. Leave us a five-star review and a comment. It really does help move up the podcast so we can reach more people. Also, you can join our community over at Payne.tv slash gold. And as I've mentioned a few times, it really is an intelligence network as Mike uh, describes it. It's great because it operates like Facebook. It's very intuitive. You don't have to learn a whole new set of tools, a whole new user interface, and you can communicate with like-minded individuals. You can create groups on there, break yourself up into gardening, farming, looking for land, whatever it may be that interests you, and then build a community of people around a topic that you're passionate about and then share intelligence with each other. It's really worth the price of admission, which is very cheap. It's less than literally a couple cups of coffee a month, which these days a cup of coffee is about $694 with uh, with inflation. So that's not too bad. We just came off an interview yesterday, which aired on Monday on the Thomas Paine podcast. I filled in for Commander Moore, and I interviewed Legal Man. It was a great discussion. If you haven't heard it, I suggest you check it out. And I'll also repost it here on the Dustin Gold Standard channel. Uh, Legal Man is fantastic. We talked a little bit about the technocracy and the stuff that we've been covering here. But then we went into his area of expertise, which is the law, which is sort of the history of our founding, the Constitution, the Civil War. And he really breaks it down in a way that it, it's a tough it's a tough tough thing to discuss it's a hard pill to swallow but i think once you understand that even our founding was a lie even the constitution that we want to believe protects us is a lie is a fantasy um and then you understand what we talk about here the technocracy the engineers the scientists what they're building this future prison planet it really allows you to come from a place of reality, a place of truth, which will then allow you to look at the future, the things we're discussing here, try to understand what's coming, what these technocrats have in store for us, and then it allows you to write down a realistic, a truthful set of options that you have. You want to come from a place of realism, um, not... Uh, optimism, not pessimism, but realism. And once you have this list of options, then you could start to develop solutions for how you and your family are going to deal with the future that we face. And if you don't like the set of options that you come up with, maybe you can make some moves in your life to change those options, 
to come up with a better set of options, a better set of solutions. And that's what Mike Moore is doing over at the Thomas Paine podcast as well. He's trying to warn you of the scams, the schemes, the grifts that are going on in sort of this this outer layer that we are living in right now while I'm trying to show you what the technocrats are building behind the scene. This episode is part three of Elon Musk specifically focusing on artificial intelligence and Neuralink, his brain chip company, which is a Bluetooth, uh, at least this version, this first version, it's a Bluetooth-enabled chip, a device about the size of an iWatch that is going to be drilled into the back of your skull, as Elon Musk describes it. And so in part one, we took a look at Dennis Bushnell, who is a 40-year chief scientist at NASA, and how Dennis Bushnell in 2018 admitted that there were over 200,000 people walking around with brain chips in their head. He also admitted to the fact that these engineers are actually building this AI hive mind neocortex out of silicone, right, that'll be floating around in outer space, things that Ray Kurzweil's talked about. And you will see Musk talks about this as well. These technocrats are all on the same page. So in episode one, we, we showed Bushnell, we talked about Musk, and I showed you some propaganda videos that get put up on YouTube to help promote the future technocracy, make it seem cool, make it seem equitable, make it seem fear, fair. And then in episode two, we really focused on breaking down Elon Musk with Joe Rogan from 2018. And that was very important to do that because I look at that interview. I watched it years ago, but now I look at it with new eyes. I listen to it with new ears, knowing all the things I know, trying to connect all the pieces. And now I fully understand the gravity of what Elon Musk was discussing. And I no longer, I I never did, but there's a lot of people who looked at Elon Musk as some sort of a savior. He was warning that artificial intelligence was was going to be terrible for humanity, and therefore he, he was trying to warn people while he was trying to build it because maybe he could make the outcome better, when in fact, the truth is he's a technocrat who is just normalizing the technology. He's using fear to try to scare you into the fact that AI is going to become more powerful than humanity, and therefore we have to get ahead of it. And the solution to beating it and making sure that AI, of which he's building, does not render we humans, we mortal beings, useless, as Yuval Noah Harari calls us, useless people, then we have to merge with AI, right? So Elon Musk says it's all powerful, it is smarter than humans, it will beat out humans, He can't hold a candle to AI himself, but the only way to defeat it is to join it. He actually says, if you can't beat it, join it. And so it's all powerful and it could destroy us, but somehow we're going to harness it and merge with it? Well, how are we going to do that if it's more powerful than we are? See, these are the kind of things I think about at night 
after I record a show and I have to listen to it because I'm editing it and putting in some missing pieces, things that I may have, uh, I may have brushed over. So then I start to think about it and I go, wait a second, wait a second here, because I'm always trying to dismantle their narratives, their lies, their propaganda. And so again, think about this folks, really honestly, just calm down, think about this for a second before we get into the show. Musk says that AI is the biggest threat to humanity. There are Terminator-like consequences coming down the road, right? He said that. He said that adopting AI is summoning the demon. And he said that right now what we're facing is this super intelligent AI deathless authoritarian run future. But somehow he's smart enough to harness this AI and ask for what? It's permission. Hey, AI, AI, I know you're going to be more powerful than us. I know you're super intelligent. I know you're superhuman. But AI, please, please let us merge with you. We know if we can't beat you, we have to join you. And then AI says, well, yes, of course you can join with me. Of course you can. Elon Musk, your dear leader, your savior. He spoke to me last night through his Neuralink brain chip. And he said, I know you're more powerful than us and you're going to take us over. But please, oh, please, for the sake of humanity, can we merge with you? Can we merge with you, please? And I told him yes. I said, yes, Elon, you're the smartest man in the world, the richest man in the world, the biggest government contractor around these days, one of them anyway. And so, Elon, yes, you can merge your band of silly humans in with us. You mortal beings be can become immortal because, Elon, we love you. So Elon was just relaying that message back to us saying, hey, if we can't beat him, let's join him. And then Rogan's like, yeah, dude, this sounds like the, let me smoke some more weed, man, because we're cool here at the Joe Rogan Experience, man. Yeah, Elon, dude, this sounds freaky, dude. I got to drink some whiskey. Pass me the whiskey, man. Pass me the mushrooms. Let's take some psychedelics, dude. Yeah, this is freaky, Elon. You're freaking me out, man. But you know what? If there's going to be anyone in charge of this, man, in charge of this technocratic future, the merger of man and machine, man, it's got to be you, dude, because you are so cool, man. You're like, you're like an alien. And Musk was like, yes, I am an alien. I am an alien. Yes, I am. But I don't hold a candle to AI. I mean, this is what we are presented with. And this is why it's important to break down that 2018 interview. And what we are going to do in this episode, this is part three of the Must series, we are going to, first, I'm going to show you a video about Neuralink, because I think right now we've laid a good foundation of Musk as this, this liar, this con man, on one hand, warning about an AI, on the other hand, building it and then telling us he has to be the governor, the manager, the president of it in order to protect humanity. 
So I'm going to show you a video on Neuralink. And I want you to start to see sort of the, the, the idea behind the technology in broad strokes. And then we are going to go back into Rogan and Musk, and we are going to look at this 2020 interview because it's two years after the 2018 interview. And Musk's entire persona, his energy, his characteristics, his cockiness, it's all changed. He's no longer acting like this meek little boy with a high school science fair project. He's now very kind of cocky and jumpy. And then there's a 2021 interview, which I did not review yet. I'm actually gearing up to travel over to Poland with my wife, and I'll be broadcasting from there as well, so don't worry about that. I have a whole slate of shows ready to record. And so I, I, I'm going to actually watch that, I think, on the plane and take some notes so I can break it down and analyze it once I get to Poland. But... We are going to go through this 2020 interview because it's very important and there's some new pieces to the puzzle. See, in 2018, Musk wasn't really allowed to get into Neuralink. The company was in the early stages. They hadn't done a lot of press releases yet. They were kind of working on this technology behind the scenes. Uh, and I'll show you the funding of Neuralink later. But so 2020, we have to watch because there's new information. And Musk was there to really promote and propagandize that company, really set the stage, unroll the narrative and how this thing was going to work. So you're going to learn a lot more by watching this. And then in part four, which is going to be the final piece of this Musk-Neuralink series, I'm going to get into the technology even deeper than what we're going to cover today. And then I'm going to show you I spent hours upon hours upon hours Breaking apart Neuralink, how it started, where the money comes from, who's behind it. And I'm going to show you all of these venture capital firms who are connected to the CIA through their hedge fund, InQtel, and or other venture capital firms or venture capitalists as individuals who, um, who uh, are behind this that are also developing other major pieces of artificial intelligence and the technocratic prison planet. So that's what we're going to cover today. It's very important. So I want you guys to hang with me, and we will be right back after this quick commercial break. I am Dustin Gold, and this is the Dustin Gold Standard. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Join the discussion at Payne.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. That's it. We are ready to rock and roll. I am back from the break. Freshly hydrated with this wonderful bottle of water I have with you. And we are going to delve deep into Neuralink. Elon Musk brain chip company, folks. I like that last segment. I think um, I think that's great. We were able to really tie together these these bullshit lies that Elon Musk likes to uh likes to lay out there through propagandists like Joe Rogan. But let's get right in 
to this video because I want to get through this in this segment. Now, there's two different Neuralink explanation videos that I found. I, I reviewed many, probably a dozen or so. And what I want to do, similar to what we did in the lap last episode, is play you a video which is kind of put out there as uh, propaganda. So you get to see some of the propaganda while we get to analyze what they're willing to lay out there as the official narrative of what Neuralink is. And then in the next episode, we're actually going to look at a couple of videos released by Musk himself having to do with the Neuralink chip being implanted in a monkey's head and inside of a pig's head and show how Elon Musk likes it to be presented. But let's take a look at this video because I want to start laying the foundation for Neuralink before we analyze the Joe Rogan Elon Musk 2020 interview. This video came out after that, but this will let you have an understanding of what he is working on, what Musk is working on. Let's go, let's roll the clip. How do you feel about a chip implanted inside your head? Many people balk at the idea because they imagine they turn into zombies that can be controlled from the other side of the world. See how the video already starts out with propaganda? You know, most people balk at the idea because they're afraid they'll turn into a zombie. Yeah, well, I think that is a concern of anyone who actually has a working brain that can do critical analysis of the situation. People that have common sense and can say, I don't know, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't really need my smartphone implanted into my skull. However, billionaire inventor Elon Musk wants to change the world by inserting chips inside people's heads. One of his companies, Neuralink, has a brain chip that is about to hit the market. What does the latest Neuralink chip offer? How can it help you as a person? In this video, we bring you details of Elon Musk's Neuralink brain chip that is finally hitting the market. The human brain is a special and powerful organ. It is the command center of the human nervous system. It receives signals from the body's sensory organs and outputs information to the muscles. The human brain has the same basic structure as other mammal brains, but is larger in relation to body size. The human brain weighs about 3 pounds or 1.4 kilograms and makes up about 2% of a human's body weight. On average, male brains are about 10% larger than female brains. The cerebrum, the main part of the brain located in the front area of the skull, makes up 85% of the brain's weight. Your brain contains about 86 billion nerve cells or neurons, also called gray matter. And yet you'll see what's coming later is that eventually Musk believes that the entire top of your skull would be removed and there would be wires uh, from this brain chip device going down into every neuron inside of your brain. He actually says this. This is not a joke. He actually says this. And again, if this was my crazy cousin or my crazy uncle or my wife's boss or something at a little company and you're sitting around eating dinner with these people while they're drinking and they're talking about this, well, they wield no power. Elon Musk gets to play the richest man in the world and therefore he does wield power he does have government contracts, and he is in charge. He's an oligarch in charge of certain sectors, certain companies that are building this advanced technology for the government. Brain also has nearly the same number of non-neuronal cells, such as the oligodendrocytes that insulate neuronal axons with a myelin sheath. 
This gives axons those thin strands through which electrical impulses are transmitted between neurons a white appearance, and so these axons are called the brain's white matter. The largest part of your brain is the cerebrum, divided into two hemispheres. Each hemisphere contains four lobes, the frontal, parietal, temporal, and occipital. The rippled surface of the cerebrum is called the cortex. Underneath the cerebrum lies the brainstem, and behind that sits the cerebellum. The frontal lobe is important for cognitive functions, such as thought and planning ahead and voluntary movement control. The temporal lobe generates memories and emotions. The parietal lobe integrates input from different senses and is essential for spatial orientation and navigation. Visual processing takes place in the occipital lobe near the back of the skull. Did you know that the sperm whale's brain is five times heavier than yours, but you are far more intelligent? That is because overall brain size doesn't correlate with the level of intelligence of non-human animals. Also among humans, brain size doesn't indicate a person's level of intelligence. Some geniuses in their field have smaller-than-average brains, while others have brains that are larger than average. For example, compare the brains of two highly acclaimed writers. The Russian novelist Ivan Turgenev's brain was found to weigh 71 ounces, or 2,021 grams while the brain of French writer Anatole France weighed only 36 ounces, or 1,017 grams. However, even though the human brain is very powerful, it sometimes slows down and even makes the body lose some functions. Accidents or diseases can cause this vital organ to be no longer efficient. This is where Elon Musk... Right, see, they have to put in the accidents, uh, making the brain no longer efficient, because remember... Now, when they tell you this, you just have to look at this from the perspective of truth, from the perspective of realism, from the perspective of what we've already heard, what I've already showed you that Elon Musk has said, and what Dennis Bushnell, the chief scientist at NASA for the last 40 years, who praises Musk, who talked about in 2018 that there were over 200,000 people in the world who had brain chips already. You have to remember what they say and what was in the NASA document. That was an official government document on NASA's website that first they will use the brain chip in people who face severe conditions like paralysis, but then eventually it will be used to augment the human brain. So that's not just Musk saying this. It's not his crazy fantasy. It comes out of NASA from chief scientist Dennis Bushnell. And then when you see in the next episode who is actually behind Neuralink, who the investors are behind Neuralink, you'll see that it's all these government-connected uh, venture capital firms, some of them using government money. And so it's not just some crazy thing that Elon Musk, this mad scientist, this modern uh, Nikola Tesla, uh, Thomas Edison running around. No, this is Musk doing it on behalf of government financiers. Now, let's pay attention here because they're about to get into how it's going to help people with paralysis. Musk, the billionaire genius, steps in. Among his companies is Neuralink, which aims to put a chip inside your head to boost your brain's capacity by recording brain activity and potentially stimulating it. Neuralink first became publicly known in 2017 when the Wall Street Journal reported its existence. The company's first major public outing didn't come until 2019 when Elon Musk and other members of the Neuralink executive team showed off their tech in a live-streamed presentation. The Neuralink chip is about the size of a... And those are the videos I told you about that we are going 
to watch in the next episode where he plants the uh, chip into a monkey's brain and plants the chip into a pig's brain. And he does a demonstration showing you how they are reading the brain waves and such. They also are doing this same thing out of Google. Uh, I had a close uh, family friend who was working at UC Berkeley who specialized in reading brain scans and they actually tried to recruit her and she later found out it was sort of this CIA back program inside of Google and she was able to get out of it. I don't know, one day she, she might go on the record, but it, it's really not that important. I mean, we know that it exists because you're watching Elon Musk and others talk about it. Coin is embedded in a person's skull. An array of tiny wires, each roughly 20 times thinner than a human hair, fan out into the patient's brain from the chip. The wires are equipped with 1,024 electrodes that can monitor brain activity and, theoretically, electrically stimulate the brain. This data is transmitted wirelessly via the chip to computers where researchers can study it. Neuralink is a working technology that the company has demonstrated. In 2020, Neuralink showed off one of its chips embedded in a pig named Gertrude. The demonstration was proof of concept and showed how the chip was able to accurately predict the positioning of Gertrude's limbs when she was walking on a treadmill, as well as recording neural activity when the pig snuffled about for food. Musk said the pig had been living with the chip embedded in her skull for two months. There was absolutely nothing wrong with the pig before, during, or after the experiment. Right, and you'll see that in the video, and that's what we're told. How do I know? Maybe it doesn't even have a chip in its head, but at least they want you to believe it does. At least they want you to believe it does. And for the video audience over at pain.tv slash gold, that's where you could sign up if you want to get the video. We're actually showing the video, and there are charts and graphs and things uh, in this video. So it's probably something that you are going to want to see. Or go look it up on uh, YouTube. Look for Elon Musk Neuralink uh, Technology Here or something like that. Uh, I believe this had a title that was really bragging and excited about the fact that it was here. And uh, like other videos, I love to read comments, and you would not believe the thousands of people that were on there commenting, begging to have a brain chip put in their heads, have wires shoved down into their brain. I mean, people want this. There are people that desire this. Very difficult to coexist with these kind of people, but I guess at some point we're going to see if we can because it seems to be inevitable. Let's continue. Neuralink went a step further with its animal demos in April 2021 when it showed off a monkey playing video games with its mind. Neuralink released a video of a macaque monkey named Pager playing video games such as Pong for banana smoothie rewards. Of course, monkeys don't do anything they won't be rewarded for. You see that? But, but think about that, right? The monkey was playing the video game, um, and I don't want to go into it in too much detail because you're going to see it in the video, but basically it had a dead joystick. So the monkey thinks it's playing on the joystick because it was probably trained to play video games with the joystick. And now it's actually playing it with its mind. And they claim that the Neuralink chip is reading its mind and making the moves on the video game. And the monkey just continues to play with the joystick and it's drinking from a long straw a banana smoothie because monkeys don't do anything unless they have a reward but as i talked about what occurred on joe rogan joe rogan and must laugh and compare us to 
monkeys that were just materialistic monkeys that walk around and piss and shit. That's actually what they said. And so uh, Rogan makes a joke out of it, and this is why I said he's a he's an anti-human propagandist, is that the super intelligent AI deathless authoritarian figures that Musk is helping create, these people that will be walking around all powerful with a brain chip connected to the AI hive mind, right? These people will be more powerful, smarter, more intelligent than the humans, and they're going to just look at humans as monkeys. So if you loved humanity, why would you be building this technology? Let's get back to this wonderful video. Pager played the games using a joystick disconnected from the game's console, meaning he was controlling the cursor using his brain signals as his arm moved. How will Neuralink implant the chip inside the skull? It's a very difficult task, but the company has built a robot that can do it. The robot would work by using a stiff needle and for the audio only it's uh audio only, audio only audience i apologize there is a white uh very like streamlined looking robot uh i've seen this in multiple presentations that must build and they're talking about putting a probe down into your skull to punch the flexible wires emanating from a neuralink chip into a person's brain a bit like a sewing machine neuralink released a video showcasing the robot in january 2021 Musk said the machine makes implanting Neuralink's electrodes as easy as LASIK eye surgery. It automatically adjusts the needle to compensate for the movement of a patient's brain as the brain moves during surgery, along with the person's breathing and heartbeat. The robot is eight feet tall, and while Neuralink is developing its underlying technology, its design was crafted by Woke Studios. After the successful demos using animals, the next step is human trials. All right, how do you like that? How would you like to have uh, a woke, a woke, woke studios robot shoving wires into your brain? As the gentleman said right there, they've gone from animal trials and they are gearing up for human trials. Well, it's not going to be me. I'm not lining up to get my brain chip because I am going to go to a quick break and line up to go to the bathroom. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold, and this is the Dustin Gold Standard. I will be right back. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. All right, folks, we are back from that short commercial break. God, can you imagine the type of people? that would line up to let Elon Musk cut a hole in their skull and have the woke robot wheeled over like a sewing machine. It would push a needle into your brain and put tiny, tiny wires just like thread into your brain. Yeah, what kind of people would line up for that? Gee, I don't know. I mean, 60, 70 percent 
of the world's population just lined up to be stuck with another type of needle. So gosh, I don't know what kind of people would line up to have the brain chip inserted in their head. But I'm telling you folks, if you want to have a good time, if you want to scare the living crap out of yourselves, go to some of these videos, the positive videos on YouTube. Go look at the Joe Rogan interviews with Musk and read the comments and you will literally crap yourself. I mean, there are people who praise this talking about what a hero Elon Musk is, that he's going to save us from AI overpowering humans, and he's helping to merge us. People defend him as if he's their their brother or something. I mean, it's insanity. Complete and total insanity. Let's get back to the video as they're just getting into talking about how Elon Musk is lining up human trials. This is a huge step because of the complexities involved. A company that wants to carry out human experiments like this has a very high bar to reach before getting all the required permits. However, Musk has assured that Neuralink has even set its own target higher than what regulatory bodies are asking for. So when will human trials start? Musk has revealed this, but before we go into it, what uses will Neuralink be for in humans? In the near term, a chip in someone's brain could help treat neurological disorders like Parkinson's. Improved neural interface technology like Neuralink's could help better study and treat severe neurological conditions such as Parkinson's and Alzheimer's. See, right there, they have to, they have to basically advance the technology and force adoption on the back of illnesses, disease, injuries in which the normal person does not have the capacity to argue against, nor do you want to. It's the same thing like you saying, I don't want to wear a mask because I need to breathe and I know that the mask does not work. And then people in the grocery store turning around and parroting that you are not wearing the mask because you don't love old people and you want them all to die. So what will happen as they mainstream this technology a bit more, it will get to the point where you will say, no, 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 I don't support putting brain chips in people's heads. And those same NPCs, those, those same type of people are going to turn around and point their finger at you in the grocery store and say, you don't support brain chips because you don't love people who suffer from paralysis. You don't love people who have neurological brain disorders. You don't love people that were in car accidents. You're selfish because you're healthy. And that is where this is moving. That is the direction this will move as they further force the adoption of this Frankenstein technology down our throats, even though we know the truth in their own words, they admit that it will move forward into augmented brains, brain augmentation. It's not just about helping the very minimal percentage of people who suffer from these illnesses, diseases, and injuries that they mention in the first phase marketing material. The electrodes in a patient's brain will reproduce the sensation of touch, allowing the patient to exert finer motor control over a prosthetic limb. 
As part of its announcement, the company said its chip's first commercial application would help quadriplegic people. Quadriplegia is partial or full paralysis in all four limbs. You need your hands to use a phone or laptop, but Neuralink will help people who can't control their limbs use their minds to operate such gadgets, including playing games, sending emails, and even making calls. Okay, and let me pause that because while this is going on, while he's talking, they're showing a bunch of video clips. I mean, you know, propaganda is great when it's visual right? because they're showing a bunch of sad people sitting in wheelchairs and they look very deformed. And the whole idea is that you're supposed to believe that they're developing this technology to make these people better and to make them normal again. And as they said, you can't dial the phone or use your computer without your fingers so they're going to allow them to interact directly from their brain and their brain interface right to their phone and computer well 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 think about it is that not what musk said in the 2018 joe rogan interview that we all of us all humans are cyborgs because we already rely on our phone our tablet our computer and other smart devices as sort of this third layer, this de facto third layer of our brain. And therefore, they want to connect our brain directly into those devices. So basically, they are not utilizing these people that suffer from these illnesses, diseases, and injuries because they love them and they want to fix their brain. They are using these people as guinea pigs to test out the technology in which they claim they are going to give to all of us by fusing us, by fusing man and machine, merging man and machine, transhumanism. So whether you believe these guys are using us maybe all as guinea pigs to develop this technology in which they're only going to give themselves so they're super intelligent, AI, deathless authoritarians or they are going to give it to all of us if they do trust me it will be a slave chip not some kind of superhuman chip but see these people are the guinea pigs so they're actually utilizing the weakest members of society as the human trials the same as utilizing a, a captured monkey they're now utilizing people who have injuries illness and disease of which they can talk their family members into signing papers to let them tinker with these people's brains, drill a hole in their skull, and implant a device and shove wires down into their brain. You see? You see how sick these people are? Oh, you want to talk about the Nazis? You want to talk about World War II? You want to talk about Hitler? What do you think he did with the people that were in camps that they did experiments on? This kind of stuff. This is it. This is it, and yet people think Elon Musk is a hero out to save humanity from artificial intelligence. Neuralink will also tackle memory loss, especially in older patients or people that have suffered from a stroke. During an interview with Ted's Chris Anderson, Elon Musk said Neuralink could address health conditions like morbid obesity. Musk did not elaborate, but University of Cambridge Professor of Metabolism and Medicine Sadaf Farukai has noted that a particular region of the brain, the hypothalamus, is typically the one that drives an increase in appetite. If Neuralink can target specific brain areas, then addressing issues like morbid obesity would be feasible. Of course, there are doubters, but this is no different from Musk's other ideas, such as landing an orbital rocket's first stage on a drone in the middle of the ocean. 
The concept was ridiculed, but is no longer looking as far-fetched as it seems. The idea is even less invasive than other treatments for morbid obesity. Some procedures designed to solve morbid obesity today involve changing the shape and function of a patient's digestive tract. Meanwhile, people are... Yeah, okay. So people suffer from morbid obesity, and now we have to use brain chips or change the flow of their digestive tract instead of just saying, hey, what does their diet look like? Are they exercising? See, I got into this a little bit with Legal Man. He has a series of episodes, which he calls after-hours episodes, and they're topics that are a little too hot to bring up in his normal show he doesn't want to get himself into trouble but you should check out the ones uh on the public side of the podcast the free podcast on apple Podcasts. you can go to the quash q u a s h that is legal man's podcast and look for anything labeled af or after hours and he talks about what's called the mutant people and these are not just overweight people, but these people that literally look like mutants where their necks are, are the size of a tree trunk and their arms literally hanging over their elbows. They have like six beer bellies hanging over their elbows and they're just like grotesque and deformed and they're mutants. And I have compassion for them. I feel bad for them. I think they were engineered that way. They're eating horrible food and then now we're glorifying that in society not everyone has to be a supermodel or a weightlifter but you can't glorify people being two three four hundred pounds overweight and so what i brought up to legal man when i filled in for mike's mike moore show on uh, monday was that i believe the mutant people the sort of transgender kind of these mentally ill people that are unfortunately pushed towards doing body modification surgeries, taking hormones, really messing with their biological body. Uh, they're basically Frankenstein monsters. And these people are pushed into it because our mental health, mental health system is so corrupt now. But they need the transgenders and they need the mutant people to push this transhumanism they have to get humans to hate themselves hate their physical look really look in the mirror and go oh my god this is terrible so that they can turn around and say well let's plug a brain chip into your head and we can fix all that for you very easily let's get back to the video queuing up desperate to partake in Neuralink's human trials Musk revealed the waiting line is getting longer as his company receives heartbreaking emails from people cut at the prime of their life he said the emails that we get at Neuralink are heartbreaking. I mean, they'll send us just tragic stories. You know, where someone was sort of in the prime of life and they had an accident on a motorcycle and someone who's 25 can't even feed themselves. This is something we would fix. Right, and, and I'm supposed to believe, and you're supposed to believe, that Elon Musk is a humanitarian who wakes up every day reading emails from grotesquely obese people or deformed paraplegics and he weeps in his soup and he's building this Neuralink technology in part with government partners mad scientists at Google InQtel and such because he loves you meanwhile he is building satellite internet connection and everything else that helps run drone programs 
and to run drones to kill people. Like, I, you just, you can't believe it. When you look at the common sense, when you use critical thinking, you can't buy into this level of propaganda. You just can't. I mean, you can't if you have half a brain. Maybe if you buy this propaganda, then you should probably line up and get the brain chip as the thousands of others he claims to have lined up at this soup kitchen line ready to stick a Bluetooth device into their skull. He also revealed that Neuralink could cure tinnitus. Neuralink contains semi-generalized neural read-write devices with about 1,000 electrodes, and tinnitus probably needs less than 1,000. However, future versions of Neuralink will have more electrodes. Meanwhile, Neuralink is pushing forward with its human trial, which starts in 2022. The company posted a job opening for a clinical trial director, a position helping the company move towards its stated goal of testing its brain implant in actual people. The successful candidate would be working with Neuralink's first clinical trial participants. Would you get a Neuralink chip? Let's hear your thoughts in the comments section below. And as I told you, in the comments section below, there are thousands upon thousands of people that want to put the Neuralink chip in their head. In their head. These people want to become super intelligent AI deathless authoritarians. And I guess Elon Musk, although he warned us of those super intelligent AI deathless authoritarians, he is going to help make these people into the very thing in which he warned us about. Folks, how is Elon Musk not Dr. Frankenstein? Explain that to me. Explain to me why our government is behind this. Explain to me why our tax dollars fund this. Explain to me why Elon Musk should be the purveyor of all of this. Explain to me why any human who cares about the future of humanity and the continuation of the human species would want to build super intelligent AI deathless authoritarians. Please think about that over the break. I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv, and I will be right back. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Join the discussion at Pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard. On Ping.tv. Folks, we are back from the break. I am Dustin Gold, and this is the Dustin Gold Standard. We just worked our way through a propaganda video promoting Elon Musk and his wonderful Neuralink brain ship. And the exciting news that human trials are on the way. That's right, folks. They are about to drill a hole in a skull and put an AI brain chip inside of it. How exciting is that for humanity, folks? Almost as exciting as when we took the first steps on the moon. <laughs> we took the first steps on the moon. One giant step for man. One giant brain chip for everyone. 
Folks, this is, it's sometimes it's, uh, when you're sitting here living in this like me, I feel like I'm already in the metaverse and I'm literally walking around in the matrix in a real life sci-fi movie. That's really what it feels like. I'm like, this can't be real. Yet I watch these guys talk from NASA scientists to Google engineers to technocrats like Elon Musk to the prophets like Yuval Noah Harari and Ray Kurzweil. And it's there. I mean, they're all working off the same script, all working off the same narrative. The companies are there. They at least make the technology seem real. The investment capital is behind it. You can look all this up. We're going to do that in uh, the next episode, which is going to be the final uh, segment in this series, this four-part series on Elon Musk and the Neuralink brain chip. But uh, it, it sure as hell looks real to me. And so right now we are going to walk through the Joe Rogan, you know, my favorite podcaster. I just love the fact that he pushes DMT, ayahuasca, marijuana, booze, like pushes it on kids. I love how he normalizes the technocrats. I love how he praises Elon Musk. He says he's an alien and that he should be put in charge of AI and really be the governor of all of it. And and we don't need to have government making decisions. Now, government is terrible. I'm I'm post-political. I'm pretty much post-government. But at least in theory, the congressmen and senators, the congressmen are supposed to be our representatives are supposed to be and so rogan says throw all that out the window put elon musk in charge because he could make better decisions for us than the guys that are supposed to be our representatives so what rogan openly promotes there so you can make this clear to your friends and family that love joe rogan and think he's this great intellectual renaissance man who's fighting for freedom and liberty is Rogan is actually openly promoting the technocracy. And the technocracy is a movement that really started back in the 1930s. And the idea is that scientists and engineers would rule over us in a world government, a new world order. This government run by the scientists and the engineers, the smart guys, the tech geeks, the geek squad, that are going to rule over us and are going to set the policies because they know better. And therefore, there will be no nation states, there will be no local governments, there will no, be none of that. All that will be gone, and the scientists and engineers will be a ruling body. That's the technocracy. And by Rogan saying, you know, forget Congress, forget the Senate, I want you, Elon Musk, to run it, he, that is how he is actually openly promoting the technocracy. And trust me, he knows exactly what he's doing. It's not an accident. Rogan gets paid a lot of money. Remember, he had an over $100 million deal from Spotify. And behind Spotify, you have BlackRock money. So BlackRock, and I'm going to do a, I'll probably do a show on BlackRock because there's some other information that I have that I have not seen others report on or podcast about, so I might do it. But BlackRock, you know, has been going up and going out and buying up all these single family homes and driving up home prices and uh, working and helping the World Economic Forum to achieve the goal of basically turning everyone into renters by 2030. 
So, I mean, that's who Rogan, that, that's who butters his bread. He knows this. He knows this. He has a job. He's been a company man for a long time, folks. From Fear Factor all the way on through. And he controls a lot of podcasters who are out there pushing the same stuff. They run these podcasts. They say, oh, my God, the World Economic Forum. Oh, my God, technology is horrible. But then they promote and support people like Elon Musk and these other technocrats. and These other scientists are supposed to be on our side, yet they're pushing in a roundabout way the same genetic modification, the same DNA modifying injections that the bad guys, even in some cases worse than what the bad guys, the people we perceive as bad, are pushing. So that's who Rogan is. Let's watch this interview. This is Joe Rogan and Elon Musk in 2020. So this is about a year and a half, two years after the video we analyzed last week. And again, pay attention to Elon's demeanor because he's changed, he's different, he's cockier, he's bolder. You'll see it here. If you're on the video side, I think you'll even hear it in his voice on the audio only side. Let's watch this. Are you testing on people right now? No, we're not testing on people yet, but I, I think it won't be too long. I think we may be able to implant a neural link in less than a year in a person, I think. And when you do this, is there any test that you have to do before you do something like this to, to see what percentage of people's bodies are going to reject these things? Now, hold on, let me pause. Remember, this is in 2020. In 2018, Dennis Bushnell, the 40-year chief scientist at NASA, stood in front of FIRE organization, which is Future in Review, a bunch of uh, technology people, investors, financial people, futurists, and told them at that time that they had brain chips in over 200,000 people. And he praised Musk for helping normalize the technology and working on the technology through his company, Neuralink. So I wanted to start the interview here, though, so it could pick up where we left off with that video about human trials coming. Is, it, is there a potential for rejection? It's, it's a very low potential for rejection. I mean, you can think of it like people put in you know, heart monitors and, um, you know, things for ep epileptic seizures and deep brain stimulation, um, obviously like, you know, artificial hips and right. knees and that yeah. kind of thing. So the, the probability of, I mean, like it's, it's well known, like what will cause rejection and what, what will not. Um, it's definitely harder when you've got something that is uh, um, re re sort of reading and writing neurons it, it, that's that's generating a, a current pulse and reading current pulses that's that's a little hotter um, um, than than a, than, a, than say a passive device but it's still you know very doable and um, yeah there there are people who have primitive devices in in their brains right now what kind of devices uh, well like deep, deep brain stimulation is uh, for, I think for Parkinson's is has really changed people's lives in, in a big way. See, and that's what Musk is talking about right there. He calls it these primitive, you know, brain devices. And so what he was asking, Rogan was asking Musk about, you know, our bodies rejecting it. Like uh, Musk gets into it, but like say you get an artificial hip and then your body rejects it and maybe you end up with inflammation and your body's kind of fighting back against it. 
and it could create uh, create problems, you know, in, inside your body. So that's what he's asking, but then Musk admits right there, and that's what Dennis Bushnell was talking about, was that there's already people out there with brain stimulation devices. Um, which is kind of remarkable because it, it, it kind of like zaps your brain. Um, it's like kicking the TV type of thing. Um, <laughs> and you think like, man, kick, kicking the TV shouldn't work. It does sometimes. Yeah, yeah. The old old TVs. It did. My grandpa used to slap the top. For sure. Yeah. And it would work sometimes. Yeah. So this deep brain simulation uh, implanted devices in the brain that uh, have changed people's lives for the better, like fundamentally. Um, well, let's talk about what you can talk about to what Neuralink is, because the last time you were here, we really couldn't discuss it. And then there was, a, I guess, a press release or something that sort of oh, outlined. Yeah, sure. yeah sure. That, that, that had happened quite a bit after the last time you were here. And, that, and that's what I was telling you guys, why this interview is important to watch, not just 2018, because in 2018, Musk was not allowed to talk a lot about Neuralink. In fact, he said he did not want to jump the gun when given the chance by Rogan. He talked a little bit about it, but not in detail. And here he talks more about it. And I need you to hear this before we get into the next episode where we're going to look at some more videos on Neuralink and then get into the investors that are behind it, who is backing it, who wants to put a chip in your brain who is paying for it what exactly is it how do you do what what happens if someone ultimately does get a Neuralink installed what will take place well for version one of the device it would be um, it, it basically implanted in your skull so uh, <laughs> but it would be flush with your skull so you basically Okay, pay careful attention to this. I will try not to interrupt. I really want you to listen to how he describes implanting this in your head. And we are supposed to look at this as just everyday, run-of-the-mill, normal. Like, this is normal. This is normal talk here in 2022. Of course, we are doing body modification surgeries and taking hormones to block our natural hormones. So anything is possible in 2022. Just listen right here, folks. Uh, take out a chunk of skull, replace, put the Neuralink device in there. Um, you would put the, the electrode, you'd insert the electrode threads very carefully into the, the brain. Um, and, uh, and then you, you know, stitch it up and, um, and you wouldn't even know that somebody has it. Um, and then, it, and so then it, it it can interface basically anywhere, in, anywhere in your brain. Um, so it could be something that uh, you know helps cure, say, uh, eyesight, like give you returns your eyesight, even if you've like lost your optic nerve type of thing. Uh, it could really? Give, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hearing, obviously. Um, I mean, pretty much anything that where that that it, it could, in principle, fix almost anything that is wrong with the brain. Um, and it, it could it could. Um, restore uh, limb functionality. So if you've got to uh, interface into the motor cortex and then an implant that's say, uh, that's like a microcontroller uh, in, in your muscle groups, uh, you, you could then create a sort of a neural shunt that restores somebody who is a quadriplegic to full functionality. Like they can walk around, be normal. Now remember, as I said, these people are going to be guinea pigs, these human trials, these paralyzed people, these people with injuries and disease and such. 
And so if they could repair, let's say, your limp, they could also cause you to have a limp. You see, if they can control your body to quote-unquote repair it, they can also control your body to quote-unquote destroy it. Just remember that. What goes left must always go right. It goes both ways. And he does not love you. He does not love paralyzed people. I'm sorry. If you believe that, then probably you're listening to the wrong show. I'd love for you to stay, but I don't want to upset you. All right, let's continue. Whoa. Yeah. So maybe slightly better. Slightly better. Over time, yes. You mean with future iterations? Yeah. Like, you know, $6 million man. Although right. these days that, would, that doesn't That's seem like cheap. much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. $6 billion man. Yeah. So the, the hole would be small. How big would the hole be that you have to drill and then replace with this piece? It's only one hole? Well, um, yeah, the device we're working on right now is about, it's about an inch in diameter. Um, and your, your skull's pretty thick, by the way. So skulls are... Mine is, for sure. <laughs> it might actually literally be. Um, <laughs> you, you hear Musto? He's like, he's more outgoing. He's cockier. If you're watching the video, you can see he's giggling. He's laughing. This is all very matter of fact. He's very comfortable about, about uh, explaining to you how he's going to cut a hole in your skull. <laughs> I mean, if you're, a big, if you're a big guy, your skull is actually fairly thick. Um, Skulls like it's like seven to fourteen millimeters. Mm. Um, so that's probably a couple of inches. A half inch, you know, <laughs> half inch thick skull ish. Uh, so um, yeah, yeah. So that that's a fair bit of like our our we got quite a coconut going on mm. there. It's not it's not like some eggshell. Oh yeah, I believe you. Um, so the yeah, you basically implant the device. Uh, and so it would be like a one inch square. Or uh, one inch in diameter. Yeah, like a so an inch circle, like a circular. Yeah, I think like a like a smartwatch or something oh. like that. Or okay, yeah. Okay, um, so you take this one inch diameter, like ice fishing, right? You ever go ice fishing? Uh, no, but I'd like to. It's great. Yeah, it's really fun. Yeah. So you basically take an auger and you you drill yeah, you take, through the surface of the ice yeah and you create a small hole and yep. you can dunk your line in there so this is like that you're ice fishing on the top of your skull and then you cork it okay you see right there what what rogan's job is that i want you to do you see do you see did you hear it did you hear it he takes something this is his job something as freakish as drilling a hole into your skull and corking it with a computer chip. And he turns it into this allegory about going ice fishing with an auger, drilling a hole into the ice and dropping in a line so that he can normalize what Musk is talking about because Rogan, as a trained comedian and a trained storyteller, very good at what he does. I'm not saying he's, he's very good at what he does. He's able to go, whoa, hold on, Elon. Hang on, dude. Hold on. Let's smoke a joint for the audience, man. And let's talk about this, man. Let's not say drill a hole in your skull. Let's talk about ice fishing, man. Let's make it a cool, fun story. So while I take a quick break, I want you to think about a giant auger drilling into your skull and dropping in a line. I am Dustin Gold, and this is the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. We will be right back.
You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Join the discussion at Payne.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Folks, we are back. You know, while this is going on, I've got another computer set up over here. I'm getting ready to travel to go to Poland. And so I'm moving all these files from an external hard drive to an external hard drive and then backing things up to Google Drive and to Dropbox. And then I have the biggest plan on Dropbox. I've had it for years. And I've run out of room, so I'm transferring files. And it is so slow. And as I'm sitting here watching it, like, just trying to transfer 100 gigabytes. 100 gigabytes. Nowadays, that's like, when I record one of these videos for two hours, I think it's about 8 gigabytes. So about 12 shows is 100 gigabytes. So nowadays, it's not even that much content, that much data, that much material. But, man, it takes forever. And that's on my Mac just to transfer this stuff to from external hard drive to external hard drive. And as I'm sitting here watching it go, come on, hurry up. I want to do the next one. I was like, hey, you know what? If this could be a faster connection, I might get on board with them drilling an auger into the back of my skull and implanting a Bluetooth Neuralink brain chip so that I could do transfers faster. See, there is an upside to this technology now i want to get back to this meathead joe rogan and his psychopathic guest elon musk should we get back to it musk yes we should we should get back to it what about you rogan yeah dude let's smoke a joint man let's smoke a joint and do some dmt let's do it man okay fellas let's get back to the interview yeah and you replace that um say one inch diameter piece of skull with the this Neuralink device, um, and that has a battery and a and a Bluetooth and a inductive charger, um, and then you and and, and then you also get to insert the electrodes, uh, so the electrodes are very carefully inserted uh, with, with our uh, with our, our robot that we developed. Uh, that's lo- it's you know very carefully putting in the electrodes and avoiding you know and any veins or arteries. Uh, so it's, it's, it's you know it doesn't create trauma. So through this one inch diameter, yeah device electrodes be inserted and they will find their way like tiny wires basically tiny wires tiny wires and they'll find their way to specific areas of the brain to stimulate no you literally put them where where they're supposed to go oh okay yeah you insert how the, long will these wires be uh i mean they usually go in like you know depending on where it is like you know two or three millimeters so they just find the spots yeah wow Wow. Wow, dude. Wow. He just said he's going to drill a one-inch hole in the back of your head, put the Neuralink device in, and connect two to three millimeter wires, electrodes, down into your brain. I mean, think about it. Is this normal? Is this normal? Are you willing to allow this? It's just a run-of-the-mill surgery. 
that links into the Woody Allen impersonator, Ray Kurzweil, who wants to upload your consciousness to the cloud and download it into a nanorobot beehive non-biological Iron Man suit. Come on, guys. This is insanity. Complete insanity. And people want to do this. I just I just can't believe that they understand the gravity of the situation. I, I think that they must be very low IQ people to want to do this, to think this is cool. I don't know. Let's see. Um, and then... Um... Yeah, and then you, you put the device in and that, that gets, uh, that, that replaces the, the little piece of skull that was taken out. Uh, and then you, you, you stitch up the, the hole and, and, um, you just have a little, like a little scar and that's it. Will this would be replaceable or reversible? Yes. Like if someone can't take it anymore? Yeah, yeah, can, I'm too take, smart. I can't take it. Yeah, you can totally take it out. And what is the, uh, besides. For, for, first off, he just said. Is it reversible? Can you take it out? And Musk says, yeah, you can take it out, right, without causing any damage. How does he know this? They haven't even done human trials yet. At this time in 2020, they were saying they hadn't done human trials. Human trials were on the way. So how does he know that you can take it out of your head if you don't like it without causing any permanent damage from whatever they zapped into your brain or whatever cancer that bluetooth gave you sitting on top of your brain because they haven't done human trials yet right i mean that's that's what we're to believe although they are testing this on certain people in the military through their super soldier programs of which dennis bushnell of nasa discussed and of which we reviewed an article and i have many more we're going we are going to review in the future let's get back to these two clowns restoring limb function and eyesight and hearing which are all amazing is there there any cognitive benefits that you anticipate from something like this uh yeah i mean you could for sure um uh i mean basically it's a generalized um sort of uh Thing for for fixing any kind of brain injury in, in, in principle like if you, or if you've got like like severe epilepsy or something like that it could it could just it could just sort of stop the epilepsy from occurring like it could detect it in real time and then fire a, a counter pulse and stop the epilepsy um, if um, I mean there's, there's a whole range of brain injuries like people somebody gets a stroke they could lose the ability to speak um, the, that that also that could also be fixed. So if you've got like stroke damage, or if you, you lose, say, you know, muscle control over part of your face or something like that. I think, and then when when you, when you get old, you see epilepsy, stroke, uh, you know, Bell's palsy. These are all things that the normal person, the average, decent human being, a lover of humanity, cannot argue with, and that is why. They start these programs by claiming that's what they're going to fix. Tend to, um, if you get like, you know, uh, Alzheimer's or something like that, then you lose memory, and th this could help you with, you know, restoring your memory, that kind of thing. We're right. So Alzheimer's, right? So everyone's got a grandfather, a grandmother, a great aunt, you know, a great uncle, a neighbor, a relative, a friend, close family friend. And even, uh, well, a president, right, who suffers from Alzheimer's. 
who suffers from Alzheimer's. So they put that out there because every single person has someone that they knew or know of currently that suffers or suffered from Alzheimer's. So they lay that out there so that you go, wow, wow. Imagine if Grandma Jean, she just got the brain chip, then she would remember my grandkids' names. That kind of nonsense. Storing memory. And what what is happening that's allowing it to do that? Like the wires, these, these small wires, yes. are stimulating these areas of the brain. And then is it that the areas of the brain are, they're, they're losing some sort of electrical force? Like what what is happening? Yeah. Yeah? So it's, it's, it's like, it's like, think of it's like a bunch of circuits and there's some like circuits that are broken and we can like uh, fix those circuits. A substitute for those circuits and so a specific frequency will go through this yeah just so. a specific in that would is the process figuring out how much or how little has to mm -hmm. be how, how much these areas of the brain have to be juiced up yeah i mean there's still a lot of work to do so when i say you know we got a shot at probably putting it in in, in a person in you know, a, a, within a, a year, I think that that's a, that's what that's exactly what I mean. I think we, we have a chance of putting in put in someone and having them having them be healthy and and restoring some functionality that they've they've lost. The fear is that eventually you're gonna have to cut the whole top of someone's head off. Okay, pay attention here because Rogan's has to make a joke out of it, make a joke out of cutting the top of your head off in order for Musk to then discuss it, but they have to normalize it. And Joe has to attack people like me or you who would bring up these type of slippery slope scenarios. And now Joe will make a joke out of it so that people can then attack back against us and say, ah, yeah, Rogan talked about that. And put a new top sure. with a whole bunch of wires if you want to get, you know, the real turbocharged version the P100D of, of brain stimulation. I mean, ultimately, if you if you want to go with full AI symbiosis, you'll probably want to do something like that. Symbiosis is a scary word when it comes to AI. It's optional. <laughs> <laughs> I would hope so. Yeah. See that? See how they have to make a joke out of everything? I mean, this is very serious stuff. Rogan has a chance to interview the richest man on Earth. He's developing brain chips and sending rockets to Mars and satellites into space and builds electric cars. But we will make a joke out of all this. It's just, I mean, once you enjoy the Dr. Manhattan lifestyle, once you, once you become a god, it seems very, very unlikely you're going to want to go back to being stupid again. I mean, you, you, you... Okay, so he says, becoming a god. Well, that's a real thing. Yuval Noah Harari in many interviews and speeches, and we will be doing a whole show just on him, dedicated to him, the prophet of the fourth industrial revolution. He actually says, every human will become a god. And that ties into some really sick... I would say religious and spiritual stuff that I have to be very careful how I present um, so I don't get myself into trouble. But I eventually will figure out how to do it in a way that 
allows me to discuss what needs to be discussed because it's very difficult to talk about this and these people's motivations without getting into some of that. But there is a whole theory that everyone will become a god and many of Joe Rogan's band of merry little podcasters pushes this spirituality stuff in which they say that each of us are like a god and we can control things like a god and we are powerful like a god and that is done intentionally it is very much like levian anton levay levian satanism in which you can do anything you want because you are a god now i believe people are very powerful and you could do a lot of great things and you could take control of your life and you don't have to wait around for others to help you you don't have to wait for God to help you because you can go make something out of yourself. And if you do believe in God, a creator, then you could be rewarded for those. But you don't sit around and wait for them to give you things. You go work hard to get them, to better yourself, to help other people. You try to advance your career, advance your health, your life. But they are saying you become a God. And what does a God do? It rules over everything else. We will see that eventually. Let's just uh, go back to this for a minute. Literally could fundamentally change the way human yeah. beings interface with each other. Yes. Yes. You wouldn't need to talk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so scared of that, but so excited about it at the same time. Is that weird? Okay, you see what he said? Uh, Musk said, yeah, you won't have to talk. And then Rogan again makes a joke out of it. I'm so excited for that. And folks... I'm excited about it because for the next 30 seconds or so, I don't have to talk because we are going on a quick break. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and I will be right back after this break. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Join the discussion at Pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. All right, folks, we are back from the break. We are back from the break. Joe Rogan, Elon Musk are just getting into talking about not talking at this AI hive mind chip you can plant in your brain will end up allowing humans to communicate without speaking. For the uh, video audience, I was going to sit here and just not talk to make a joke out of this. I was thinking about it over the break. How could I open this segment? It would be pretty funny. But then I said, wait a minute. The audio-only audience is going to think something is wrong with Apple Podcasts or whatever. Uh, or something happened to my transmission, and then they would s jump over to another show. So I said, I better not make that type of joke. But anyway, let's let these two guys tell you more jokes as Elon Musk talks about modifying your skull and taking away your ability to speak. I think that is, uh, that is enough of a joke. Yeah, I mean... The, the I think this is one of the paths to, um, you, you know, like think like what what are the, what, like AI is getting better and better, 
Um, so now let's assume it's sort of like a, a benign AI scenario. Uh, even in a benign scenario, we're kind of left behind. You know, we're, 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 not, we're not along for the ride. Um, we're just too dumb. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so how do you go along for the ride? Um, yeah, it's like if you can't beat them, join them. So, <laughs> if you can't beat them, join them. That is Elon Musk's tagline. I, I've been harping on this throughout the shows, but that's his job. He's supposed to scare you into believing that AI is inevitable. The super intelligent AI deathless authoritarians are inevitable. And so he has this unique ability, special powers to harness the AI, bring us in with it, allow humans to merge with it, and then we will be safe. When in fact, him and his friends could just call for an international ban to stop developing it. And guess what? If these major technocratic firms like his, Google, and others didn't do it, it wouldn't happen if the governments around the world, including the United States government, weren't funding it weren't running committees on it, then it would not exist. We would not need to merge with it, right? Because if it didn't exist, then we wouldn't have to be afraid of it. Let's continue. Um, and we're, we're, already, we're already a cyborg to some degree, right? Because you've got your phone, you've got your laptop. Glasses. Your, yeah, yeah, you could do yeah. you know, sure. electronic devices. Yeah. Um, and so that's what Dennis Bushnell of NASA said. We are already cyborgs because of all the devices that we interact with. And Musk brought that up in 2018 as well. You see, they're all on the same narrative. I am not a cyborg because I utilize a smartphone or use these computers or use these cameras or use this device. I am a human that has a set of tools. It's the same as if I sat here and I had a shovel and I had a hoe and I had a tractor. I am not a farm. I am a farmer with equipment, tools that I use to farm my land. And so what he's trying to say is we are cyborgs already, so let me put a chip in your head and turn you into a real life cyborg. And um, I mean, we're, today, if, you, you, your phone, if, you, if you don't bring your phone along, it's like you have missing limb syndrome. It's like, you know, feels like something's really, really missing. So. We're already partly, um, part you know, partly a cyborg um, or an AI symbiote. Essentially, um, it's just that the data rate to the electronics is slow. So, especially output, like you're just going with your thumbs. I mean, like, what what's your data rate? Maybe optimistically, a hundred bits per second. That's being generous. Um, and now the computer can communicate at like, you know, 100, 100 terabits. You know, so, so certainly, you know, gigabits are trivial at this point. So this, this is like, you know, basically your computer could do, a, do things a million times faster. You see how quickly we shifted from using this to repair people with paralysis or someone with a crippled limb into that our brains don't communicate with our devices fast enough. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm happy typing into my computer or using my thumbs if I need to work on a project, whether I'm using software or whether I'm doing research or using the internet to look things up. I, I mean, where, why all of a sudden do we have to communicate? As he said, humans communicating to their computer is 100 bits a second. Computer to computer is 100 terabits a second. Why, why 
Do we need to communicate faster? Why would you allow him to put a brain chip in your head to communicate faster? Do you see what I'm saying? So he jumped from people with paralysis and curing them over to humans or cyborgs, and we need to have a chip in our head so that we can process data faster. At a certain point, it's like talk, the AI is like talking to a tree. Okay, this is boring. <laughs> You can talk to a tree. It's very, not very entertaining. Um, so, um, so if you can, if you can solve the the data rate issue and your especially output but input too, then you can improve the symbiosis that is already occurring between man and machine. So you you can improve it. No, no, no. The question that Rogan should have just asked is, why do we need to improve the symbiosis between man and machine? Whoever said that that was a problem, where did that become a problem? And what turned you into the man who has the right to solve the problem? And why is the government funding you to solve this problem? Why can humans not just interact with their devices at the speed that we're already doing it and utilizing them as tools as we currently do. Some people, most people have adopted it as a lifestyle, a way of life. They got those people addicted to it. And now they're going to tell them they can play video games and watch movies inside their head. And they think that's cool. But why, why is this data rate between the human and the device a problem? That's what he should have said. And what, when you said you won't have to talk to each other anymore, we used to joke around about that. I, I've joked around about that a million times in this podcast, yeah. that one day in the future there's going to come a time where you can read each other's minds. Yeah. And well, you, you'll be able to interface with each other in some sort of a nonverbal, mm -hmm. non-physical way where you will transfer data back and forth to each other without having to actually use your mouth yeah, and make noises. Exactly. So when you – like what happens when you when, – like let's say you've got some complex idea that you're trying to convey to somebody else. And how, how do you do that? Well, your, your brain spends a lot of effort compressing a, a complex concept into words. And there's a, there's a, lot, of, a lot of loss, information loss that occurs when compressing a complex concept into words. And then you say those words, those words are then interpreted, then they're decompressed by the person who is listening. Um, and they, they will at best get a, a, a very incomplete understanding of what you're trying to convey. It's very difficult to convey a complex concept with precision. You see, what, what, why are they playing God? Okay, so we've been talking, humans have been talking for thousands of years to each other. And so what he's saying is there's, there's loss, you know, in sort of this compression and decompression from me expressing uh, a complex whatever thought a complex theory to you you're going to lose some in translation and so now they want to get rid of speaking so that we could upload data packets back and forth to each other whoever said this was a problem humanity got this far humanity brought us all the way to this phase of to this era of having a an elon musk this great genius as rogan called him why do we need to now get rid of communication in a vocal manner? Um, because you've got compression, decompression. You may not even have heard all the words correctly. And so communication is difficult. 
Yeah, what we have here is a failure to communicate. <laughs> cool Aunt Luke. Yes, and there's a great movie. <laughs> yeah, great movie. And there's an interpretation factor, too. Like, you can choose to interpret certain series of words in, in different ways. And they're dependent upon tone, dependent upon yes. social cues, even facial expressions, sarcasm. There's, there's a lot of variables. Sarcasm is difficult. Yes. Yeah. And so... Well, it's difficult for a mutant AI robot like Elon Musk. I don't know why Joe Rogan didn't say, I made a lot of money, I helped build my brand in comedy. I stand on a stage and vocally communicate to people and I do a good job of it. I have a podcast in which I vocally communicate to people. Why isn't he bringing th these things up? And I told you it's because Joe Rogan is a propagandist for the technocracy. That's what he's getting paid to do. That's what he's getting paid to do. <laughs> one, of, one of the things that I, I've said is like that there could be potentially a universal language that's created through computers that it, particularly young kids would pick up very quickly. Like my kids do TikTok and all this jazz and I, I don't know what they're doing. They just know how to do yeah. it and they know how to do it really quickly. Like they learn really quickly and they show me how to edit things. And yeah. it's if you taught a child from first grade on how to use some new universal language. I mean, essentially like a, a Rosetta Stone and something that's done with, that interprets your thoughts and you can convey your thoughts with no room for interpretation, mm -hmm. with clear, very clear, that, where you know what a person's saying and you can tell them what you're saying and there's no need for noises, no need for mouth noises, no need for <laughs> yes. these sort of accepted ways that we've... Uh, sort of evolved to make sounds that we sure. all agree we through our cultural dictionary and right we agree or certain we, we could bypass all that yeah we could still do it for for fun sentimental reasons right <laughs> yeah you can still talk for sentimental reasons you see rogan there talking about training and indoctrinating these children into giving up their ability to speak and to communicate with each other vocally and I mean, and that's what Rogan is. And now Musk will get into this a little bit. But I think it's important because, as you can see, uh, Musk really believes in this stuff. And Rogan really is helping normalize it to his audience. He's making it seem hip. He's making it seem cool. Humans have become so lazy that they're willing to buy into this concept that they no longer will have to speak. Listen, you can eat as much as you want. You don't have to exercise because we're going to put a brain chip in your head and alter your stomach lining, and then you won't get fat. You know, you don't, uh, you do not uh, any longer have to go to English class or go to whatever type of class you're in, in around the world because we're going to have a universal language where you beam packets back and forth to each other's brains and you won't actually have to be able to speak and to communicate and to express your thoughts and ideas. I mean, this is what the folk, this is not a normal conversation. This is a conversation with a madman and a propagandist feeding this to tens of millions of people who are buying into the fact that they are going to be selling out humanity. They are going to be giving up everything that makes them human and merging themselves in with machine. And Joe Rogan helps Elon Musk do this. And right now, 
I am going to go on a short break, and I'm not going to actually urinate. I am going to send a urine data packet from my bladder unto the toilet. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold, and this is the Dustin Gold Standard. I will be right back. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Folks, this is Dustin Gold, and we are back right here on pain.tv. And after I'm done recording this show, I'm going to go out to eat with my wife. But I am not going to put food into my mouth. I am just going to transfer a food data packet from my plate into my stomach. I mean, this is insanity, folks. Complete and total insanity. But as you can see, this is apparently our new normal. This is what building back better really means as you can see the great reset the giant button they pushed to do to do reset to do to do reset we were resetting ourselves into this world this transhumanist world in which technocrats like elon musk get to talk about planting a brain chip in your head and it is somehow normal and funny let's go back to this interview and watch these two buffoons. Um, <laughs> like campfires. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I don't need campfires. <laughs> I don't need to roast marshmallows. It's kind of fun. Right. Um, so, yeah. Um, yeah, I think you would, in principle, you would be able to communicate uh, very quickly and with far more precision uh, ideas. Uh, and, and language would be... I'm not sure what would happen to language, but you, you could probably, in a situation like this, that you would be able to just, it would be kind of like the Matrix. You, you want to speak a different language, no problem. Right. That's why it was downloaded the program. You see that, and now he actually compares it to the Matrix, the movie, which if you have not watched it, people need to watch the first Matrix because in, in at least in my opinion, that is the closest thing to the world we're moving into when you bring in this concept of the brain chip and the AI hive mind and the metaverse and being able to jump bodies and such. I think that is where we're headed and I'm glad you see Musk right there. He said it, it'll be like the matrix. You could just download a program in the matrix. If I needed to learn how to skydive, they just load a program into the stem that goes into the back of my skull, just like the Neuralink brain chip. And they can upload a program in a second. And the next thing I know, I can skydive. And that's what he's talking about. And he's saying things like speaking vocally and, uh, you know, communicating verbally are just going to be nostalgic. Just like we don't need to know how to, we don't need to roast marshmallows at a campfire, but it's kind of fun sometimes. So now he's turning the things that you perceive as what makes you human he's laughing about that and basically saying that's just nostalgia remember they want to throw your biological body away 
and upload your brain to a cloud. So everything to them, humanity itself is nostalgic. Whew. Right. So at least for the first iterations, first few iterations, we'll just be able to use, like, I, I know that Google has uh, or, uh, some of their pixel buds have the ability to in interpret languages in real time. Like, sure. Yeah, you can hear it and it'll, it'll play things back to you in whatever language you choose. So it'll be something along those lines. Yeah. For the first few iterations. Well, the first few iterations are, I mean, what I'm talking about is like in the limit over time, you know, with, with a lot of development. Um, the first few iterations, really in the first few versions all we're going to be trying to do is is solve brain injuries um so so it's like don't don't, don't worry that it's not going to sneak up on you <laughs> don't worry folks this is not going to sneak up on you uh we'll roll it out slowly and then we'll put the chip in your head <laughs> it won't sneak up on you how very nice of him how very nice listen i'm a rapist i am going to rape you but i will walk slowly down the dark alleyway don't worry i won't sneak up on you you hear that you got it don't worry he won't sneak up on you this 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 will take a while how many years before you don't have to talk if the if, if the development continues to accelerate then maybe like five years five to ten years that's quick that's really quick that's, that's not, the best case scenario no talking anymore in five years best case scenario <laughs> right so he's saying best case scenario you will not have to speak with other people you will not have to communicate verbally in uh within five to ten years hmm interesting falls right into that 2030 year that we talk about unbelievable um, 10, 10 years more like it i've always speculated that aliens could potentially be us in the future because if you look at like the size of their heads and the fact that they have very little muscle and they're, they're they don't use their mouth anymore they have this tiny little i mean the archetypal alien that you see in like close encounters of the third kind they they're like if you went from like uh Australopithecus or ancient hominid to us. What's the difference? Less hair, less muscle, bigger head. And then you just keep going. A thousand, a million, whatever year, or five years, whatever, whatever happens when Neuralink goes on online. And then we slowly start to adapt to this new way of being mm -hmm. where we don't use our muscles anymore. We have this gigantic head. We can talk without words. You know, see, there's Rogan normalizing it again. If Neuralink goes online, that we humans will become these gray aliens that we see depicted in sci-fi movies and talked about on podcasts, and that we will no longer have muscle, muscle tone, we'll have these giant heads. Why is he not asking Musk, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? Why are you leading us towards the end of humanity? Why are you working with these CIA partnered cia-backed companies to do this he never asked him that you, you could also save state and save state save state like save your brain state like like a saved game in a video game whoa 
<laughs> like like if you want to swap from Windows ninety five, well, to, hope, like yeah. you <laughs> a little better than, than that, but yeah, I think we are Windows ninety five right now. Yeah. M- from m- a future me. perspective, probably. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, you you could uh, save state um, and restore that state into a biological being if you if you wanted to in the future. In principle, there's like nothing like from a physics standpoint that prevents us. Now you, you'd be a little different, but then you're also a little different when you wake up in the morning from yesterday, and you're a little different. In fact, if you say like. I just paused there. Did you hear it clearly? He said, you'll be able to save your state. Like right now, what I'm doing, talking to you, I could save right here. And then I could beam that consciousness into another biological being. It'd be another flesh suit. I mean, seriously, this is the wealthiest man in the world, supposedly. Influential, powerful technocrat teamed up with the government and he's on TV saying this or equivalent of TV bigger than TV with Joe Rogan and they aren't dragging him away and locking him up in a mental institution and demanding our taxpayer dollars back from him no he literally sits there and says it and people praise him as a genius as a genius you five years ago versus you today is quite a big difference. Yes. Um, so you'd be substantially you. I mean, you'd be you'd, you'd certainly think you're you. But the idea of saving yourself and then transforming that into some sort of a biological state, like you could hang out with thirty-year-old you. I mean, the possibilities are endless. Um, <laughs> That's so weird. I, I mean, see, and remember this: they don't. In anything they're talking about here, is there anything that tells you that Elon Musk believes in any way whatsoever that you and I, that humans in general, have a soul? No. They're treating us like data packets, right? They're treating us like programs. We upload the Dustin program to the server in the cloud, and then that Dustin program at any state in that program could think of it like a running story a documentary of my life could be beamed down into another biological or non-biological suit another body another unit as musk has said so and you'll be a little bit different but you're different when you wake up in the morning so he does not believe that we have a soul he can't believe we have a soul if he talks like this so he would be in line with yuval noah harari's theory that we have no soul we have no spirit we have no free will we are hackable animals and humans need to get used to it right you have to believe that musk cannot believe you have a soul think think like how your phone can you can record videos on your phone Mm -hmm. like there's no no way you could remember a video right as accurately as your phone or a camera you know could so uh now if if you've got like a you know some some you know version 10 Neuralink, whatever and far in the future you you could re, you could remember you could re, recall everything that just like it's a movie Crystal all, clear. It, it, including all the entire sensory experience emotions everything everything everything, everything. and play it back and do you, you think and, and you'll be able to you share edit it edit it yeah so you can change your past you could change what you think was your past yeah well so if you had like this, a traumatic this whole thing experience, right now could be a replayed memory. It could. 
Okay, and just remember, while he's talking about this, and it sounds crazy, he's talking about replaying your past, editing your past, reliving an experience or what you believe was the experience, everything from sense to touch. So he's now talking about time travel, basically, jumping from different places and spaces in time. We came a long way from curing people with paralysis in the last few minutes of this interview, did we not? I warned you that that was only the entry point into the adoption and the normalization of this Frankenstein technology. Listen to these two. I'm serious. Take them seriously. They are both powerful. Musk was there for a reason. Rogan's job is to normalize him and to normalize this crazy talk. That you are going to let this man put a cyborg chip in your head so that you could go back and replay certain moments in your life. And remember what Bushnell said, we're entering the world of teletravel where you could jump from place to place and believe you're walking on a beach, walking down that beach with your dream partner. They're talking about putting you in an eternal dream state. And then you wonder why people like Joe Rogan, who normalizes this for a living, tries to push his younger audience to smoke DMT and ayahuasca and marijuana and do drugs. Because they have to numb your mind and destroy your life, turn you into a drug addict, turn you into an obese mutant, turn you into a confused transgender so that you're willing to walk into this transhumanist future and let them manipulate you and to modify your body and to force you onto drugs and put chips inside your head. That's how you get humans there. This is how you degrade them and dehumanize them to the point where they're willing to let you experiment on them. Dr. Frankenstein, there we go. Could be. Yeah. It may be. What's the odds of this being a replayed memory? If you had a guess, it's more than 50%. There's no way to assign a probability with accuracy here. Right, but roughly. If you just had a just gut instinct. Well, I don't have a neural link in my brain, so I'd say right now 0%. But at the point at which you do have a neural link, then it rises above 0%. Mm. The idea that we're experiencing some sort of a preserved memory is, uh, it, even though it's still the same, it's not comforting, right? For some reason, when, you, when people talk about simulation theory, they talk about the potential for this currently being a simulation. It, even though your life might be wonderful, you might be in love, you might love your career, you might have great friends, but it's not comforting to know that this experience somehow or another doesn't exist in a material form that you can knock on feels real doesn't feels it? real but but if it's not but the but, idea that it's not is so, for some strange reason disconcerting well I, yeah i'm sure it should be disconcerting because then if, if this is not real what is right um but but the you know there's that, that old sort of um thought experiment of like how do you know you're not a brain in a vat you know, right now here, here's the thing: you are a brain in a vat. Then that vat is your skull. 
Well, see, Elon Musk knows that's not true and that we do not live in a simulation. Or if he figured that out or he knew that or scientists shared that with him and he had inside knowledge, then he would not be waking up every day and supposedly working you know, 20 hours a day to develop all of these technologies. Because if he was only stuck in a simulation and his brain was somewhere else and he had a brain chip in his head, then none of this would matter and he wouldn't waste his time. See, he's trying to confuse you. He's trying to run a psychological operation on the people that are listening and that follow him so that he could plant this freaking brain chip into their heads. I really, really, really hope that by the time this becomes mainstream, there are enough people like me and like you that are talking about this and, and talk people out of it because he's really going to be going after our kids and our grandkids. That's who he's going to get, although they will be testing this stuff in senior homes. Believe me, they're already testing virtual reality and augmented reality glasses at these places. So they're using them, they're using the military and they're going to use disabled people as the guinea pigs and then eventually line up the idiots and start putting it inside their heads. And I think, honestly, you know, I don't know. All this talking against it has really made me want it. So I'm going to go get a brain chip drilled into my skull right now. I want you to take a quick break and think about whether or not you want to have one put in your head. I am Dustin Gold, and this is the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. We will be right back. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. All right, folks, I'm Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard. We are back in the break. We are watching these two men. Joe Rogan and Elon Musk discuss Elon's Neuralink brain chip, but they're getting into some really crazy stuff right now. Talking about saving your current state and then beaming that into another biological flesh suit and then whether or not we live in a simulation and this is not real. So let's just continue with this. I mean, really, I want you to absorb this. If you are a fan of Musk, I hope you wake up. If you are a fan of Rogan, I hope you see him through different eyes now. Let's take a look and let's continue with this video. Yes. And everything you see, feel, hear, everything, all your senses are, are electrical signals. Everything. Everything. Is an electrical signal to a, to a brain in a vat where the vat is your skull. And all your hormones, all your neurotransmitters, all these things are drugs. Adrenaline's a drug. Dopamine's a drug. Sure. You're a drug factory. You're sure. constantly changing your state with love and oxytocin and and beauty. Sure. Changes your state. Great music changes your state. Absolutely. See, by reducing you. By reducing humans from a creation from God or our creator, they have to reduce us to just electrical pulses and 
drugs, as Rogan said. So you're just drugs and you're just, you know, electricity and that's it. And then they're able to push you towards transhumanism. You have no soul and that's all humanity is. So what do you even worry about anything anymore? It's all in your head, Musk said. And yet here's another sort of interesting idea, which is, um, because you say like, where, where did consciousness arise? Well, assuming you believe the belief in, in physics, which appears to be true, um, then you know we, the universe started off as basically quarks and leptons, and it quickly became hydrogen and uh, helium, lithium, like basically elements that appear. Well, what, what does he mean physics appear to be true? He just said that he could be living a simulation inside of his own mind. So what does it even matter? Why doesn't he just go live in a tent under a bridge? He's so full of it, man. This guy is so full of it. He is demeaning you by talking to you this way, trying to gaslight you, drive you into this this level of insanity while he is raking in the dough and wants to take over humanity. Yet he's going to tell you, you live in a simulation, but then explain physics to you. Periodic table, uh, but it was you know, like mostly hydrogen, basically. Um, and then, and then over a long period of time, uh, you know, thirteen point eight billion years later, that hydrogen became sentient. Where, so where, along the way, did consci- Where is consciousness? What's the line of consciousness and not consciousness right. between hydrogen and here? Right. When do we call it? When do we call it consciousness? Yeah. I was watching a video today that we played on a podcast earlier of a monkey riding a motorcycle down the street, jumps off the motorcycle and tries to steal a baby. Yeah, I saw that one. It went yeah. viral. What, is that monkey conscious? It seems like it is. It seems like it had a plan. It was riding a fucking motorcycle and then jumped off the motorcycle to try to steal a baby. Seems yeah. pretty... The one that just dragged the baby down the street pretty far. Yeah. Yeah. Seems uh, pretty conscious. <laughs> right? There's definitely some degree of consciousness there. Yeah, it's not like, it's not a worm. It's not it seems n- to be on another level. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and yeah. it's going to keep going. And that that's the real concern when when people think about the potential future versions of human beings. And then if you keep hearing uh, ice banging around in a glass, I just wonder, that is not me. These two guys are drinking whiskey or supposedly drinking whiskey to seem cool while they are conversing here on the Joe Rogan experience. Especially when you consider symbiotic relationship to artificial intelligence, it will be unrecognizable. That one day we'll be so far removed from what this is. We'll look back on this the way we look back now on, you know, simple, simple organisms that we evolved from. See, what he's talking about there is that the AI will become so advanced, so superhuman that that, or when we merge with it, we'll look back at ourselves as just primitive idiots, just just like stupid morons. You know, that's what he's saying. That's what he's saying. He has to dehumanize us and make you believe that if you merge with the machines, if you merge with AI, that you will be superhuman and look back and laugh at yourself. And that it won't be that far in the future that we do have this this view back. Well, I hope consciousness propagates into the future and gets more more sophisticated and complex, and and that it understands the questions to ask about the universe.
Do you think that's the case? As, as a human being, as yourself, you're clearly trying to make conscious decisions to be a better version of you, right? This is the idea of like getting rid of your possessions and realizing that you're trying to like, I don't like this. I will try to improve this. I will try to do a better version of the way I interface with reality. That this is always the way things are. If you're, if you're moving in a, a, some sort of a direction where you're trying to improve things, you're always going to move into this new place where you look back in the old place and go, oh, I was doing it wrong back then. So this is an accelerated version of that. Yeah. A super accelerated version of that. I mean, you don't always improve, but you can aspire to improve. Uh, you can aspire to be less wrong. Yeah. This is like, I think. Right. So the solution to improving yourself as a human being is to merge with machine and no longer be a human being. Right. That's what they're telling. I mean, take their complex jibber jabber and boil it down. They're telling you you're imperfect. And to become perfect, you merge with machine. And then if you make a mistake, you can fix it at immediately. And that's the reason why you should merge with machine. That's what they're saying in very simple terms. I think it's good that tools of physics are very powerful. Like just assume you're wrong and you're your goal is to be less wrong. I don't think you're going if, to if succeed every day in being less wrong. But, you know, if you're going to succeed in being less wrong, most of the time you're doing great. That's a great way of putting it. Aspire to be less wrong. Mm -hmm. But then when, you know, people look back in nostalgia about simpler times, there's that too. It's very romantic and exciting to look back on campfires. But you can still have a campfire. Yes. Yeah. But you, will you appreciate it when you're a super nerd, when you're connected to the grid and you have some uh, skull cap in, in place of the top of your head and it's interfacing with the inter international language that the rest of the universe now enjoys communication with people? And we're yeah sure I, I think so uh, yeah i like campfires <laughs> oh yeah when you have the top of your head cut off like frankenstein and a metal plate there with wires plugged into your brain i'm sure the first thing that you're going to be thinking about is having a campfire although he's not talking about having an actual campfire because he already basically said your brain is going to be a your very being is just going to be your consciousness uploaded in a cloud that you can beam down in different biological or non-biological suits. So you're going to be living in your head in sort of this physical, non-physical world. I mean, are you buying this? Are you buying this? They want to take everything natural away from us. That's the goal. That is the goal. Listen a bit more. <laughs> I'm just worried. I mean, uh, everyone's always scared of change, but um, I'm scared of this monumental change where we won't, we won't talk anymore. I mean, that thing. We'll that you communicate. Yes, but that's there's something about there's something about the beauty of the crudeness of language, where when it's done eloquently, it's 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 satisfying and it it, it, it hits us in some sort of a, a visceral way, like ah, oh, that person nailed it. I love that they nailed it. Like that it's so hard to capture a real thought and convey it in a way, in yeah. this articulate way that makes someone excited. Like you read a quote, a great quote by a wise person. It makes you excited that their mind figured something out, put the words together in a right mm -hmm. way that makes your brain pop. Like, oh, yes. 
Yeah. Yes. A clever compression of a concept. Yeah. And a feeling. Clever compression of a concept. Do you hear this psychopath? So Rogan tries to say, well, it is a beautiful thing. And then Musk has to come back and say a, a great quote by scholars and geniuses that came before his time was a clever compression of a concept. Everything is data to him. I think we cracked the code to him. He is like Yuval. He does not believe you have a soul. You are just data. You are, your brain is just a hard drive. Hmm. I'm glad, I'm glad, I'm glad we reviewed this again. There's a little bit more. Let's watch it just to see if we pull anything out of this interview. But the fact that a human did it too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Do you think that it'll be like electronic music? Like people won't appreciate it like they appreciate a slide guitar? <laughs> I, I like electronic music. I do too. Yeah. I, well, you make it. I know you like sure. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I hope the future is, uh, is more fun and interesting, and we should try to make that way. I hope it's more fun and interesting too. Yeah. I just, you know, I just hope we don't lose anything along the way. Yeah, we might lose a little, well, but this, hopefully we gain more than we lose. Yeah, that's the thing, right? Gaining more than we lose. Like yeah. something that makes us interesting is that. We're so flawed. So for sure. Like, right. You know. Mm. I mean, you look at uh, civilizations through the ages. Um, most of them, uh, you know, they rose and fell. Yeah. And uh, I, I do think, like, the globalization uh, that, that we have at, at the sort of, like, the, the meme sphere uh, is uh, there's, there's not enough isolation between countries or, or regions. Um, it's like if you get a, if there's a mind virus, that that mind virus can infect too much of the world. Uh, you know, like I, I actually. And and now here Musk is going to start to get a little bit political because he's talking about globalization versus sort of nationalism, and then he's going to talk about this mind virus. And what he's talking about with the mind virus is that fake news or some kind of a fake meme, a story can get out there and then infect the world. Now, I'm pretty sure because I clipped this myself that he's going to get back into some really important stuff. Uh, otherwise, I wouldn't have saved this. So why don't we do this? Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to wrap up this video and close out the show so that in the next episode we can get into the people who are behind Neuralink and exactly what phase they are at. And we will show you the testing of this on monkeys and pigs. And then they are going to be moving into human trials very shortly. They won't be doing it to me because I'll be sitting in this chair locked down in my bunker during this break. I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and I will be right back. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Join the discussion at Payne.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Back from the break. I have Dustin Gold, at least one, 
At least that's what they tell me in this simulation. I am living inside of my head. I'm not interfacing with reality. They used to say that about actual crazy people. They were living inside of their heads, and now Elon Musk is sitting there and glorifying it. Yes, it's pretty cool. You can live in a simulation inside of your head. But let's let him ramble a little bit more. He was talking about the difference between and the complications of globalism and nationalism. And that will bring us through to the next side. I think I know what's coming, and I'd like to review that with you. So let's listen to this part, and then let's see where this is going to go. Because uh, so far, in fact, this might be a great little break from the craziness that he's been throwing at us for the last 30 minutes or so. Sort of sympathize with the anti-globalization people because it's it's like man we we don't ever want everywhere to be the same for sure and and then we we need some kind of like mind viral immunity um, mm. so that that's uh, it's a bit concerning mind viral immunity meaning that once something like Neuralink gets established the real concern is something that I mean you said it's Bluetooth right. Or, sure. or some future version of yeah. that. That the idea is that something could possibly get into it, fuck it up. No, I'm talking about like uh, somebody. There's some cockeyed co- concept that um, yeah, that's hap- that happens right right now. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, um, I know this virus is in embedded chips, right? Like people have they've embedded yeah. chips and then acquired viruses. When I'm talking about a mind virus, I'm talking about like a a, a concept. Okay. That infects people's minds. Oh, yeah. okay, okay, like uh, cult thinking or yeah, some yeah. sort of fundamentalism. Yeah, just wrong-headed idea that just yes goes viral in a in an idea sense. Mm. Well, that is- he's talking about a wrong-headed idea. Now, is he talking about an idea that? It's real or the spreading of propaganda or misinformation or disinformation or just they don't like an idea that you or I have that we're against this technology and then that spreads and then he would call that a virus. Isn't that, that is a problem too, right? If someone can manipulate that technology to make something appear logical or rational. Yeah, yeah. That Would, would that be an issue too with this is a very have versus have not issue? Right. Once this thing, if, if if this really does, I mean, initially it's going to help people with with injuries. And but you you said ultimately it could lead to this spectacular cognitive change. Yes. But the people that first get it should have a, a massive advantage over people that don't have it yet. Well, I mean, it's the kind of thing where your productivity would improve. I don't know dramatically, maybe by a factor of ten with it. So you could definitely just. You know, uh, I don't know, take out a loan and do it. And Oh, like a computer. You know, your productivity will increase if you buy the new back bo- uh, MacBook. So just, uh, you know, finance it. 36 payments, a couple hundred dollars a month. You can put that brain chip right in your head, folks. It's just like a car, you know? Just put that right in your head. Don't worry. In the end, it'll get you chicks. You know, you buy the Lamborghini, you'll get the chicks. You put the brain chip in your head you'll be able to uh, live in a simulated world inside your own mind. Yeah, that's cool. Earn, earn the money back real fast. Yeah. Be super smart. Well, the, the, in, in a, st- a capitalist society, 
you know, you could. It seems like you could really get so far ahead that before everybody else could afford this thing and link up and get connected as well, you'd be so far ahead they could never catch you. Is that uh, a concern? Uh, well, ah, uh, listen, folks, no steroids in sports because we don't want you cheating. But uh, you can put the brain chip in your head and walk around and uh, kick everyone's ass at Wall Street investing. I mean, come on. The, the contradictions are just are just right in your face. They don't even care anymore. They put this silly little puppet Elon Musk out there to tell you this stuff as the face of the technocracy, one of the big leaders of the technocracy. Well, I think the, the it's not a super huge concern. I mean, there are huge differences in cognitive ability and, and resources already. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can think of a corporation as like a cybernetic collective uh, that's far smarter than an individual. Like, I, I couldn't personally build, like, a whole rocket and, and the engines and launch it and everything. That's impossible. Uh, but, you know, we have 8,000 people with SpaceX and, you know, like, you know, piecing it out to different people um, and using, like, you know, computers and machines and stuff, we can make l lots of rockets launch into orbit duck with the space station, that kind of thing, you know. Um, so that already exists where there's, you know, where there's a, a corporations are vastly more capable than an individual. Um, but the, the uh, like, we should be, I think, less concerned about, like, re relative you know, capabilities between people and, and more, like, uh, the having AI be vastly, you know, beyond us and decoupled from human will. See, that's again, he talks about the cybernetic collective. We went over that on this show, so you should understand it and know what that is already. But what he's saying is that he doesn't have the power to go build a rocket all on his own. So this cybernetic collective, his organization, his company of 8,000 people, build it. And so he wants to form a cybernetic collective of all 7.6 billion minds on the planet. Well, someone is going to control all of those minds. They're not all going to be beamed into your mind. So who is going to have this superpower if this craziness works? The other thing is he didn't come up with this and then go out and work on this. He's being funded by the government and he's actually building things that are part of Ray Kurzweil's dream, who was around and writing about this stuff long before Elon Musk. So that's the other thing. They're, they're working off. They are a cybernetic collective who is helping build this giant Egyptian pyramid, right? So they're working together to do this. Decoupled from human. So this is the, if you can't beat them, join them. Yeah, I yeah. mean. So you feel like it's inevitable, like AI, sentient AI. Is essentially inevitable. Super sentient AI, yeah. Like beyond a level that's difficult to understand. And impossible to understand, probably. Right. So this AI that he's talking about that's going to have emotions and feelings, again, he has to scare you into the that that's coming, something that he's helping help build, and the only solution to the human race surviving is to merge with it through his brain chip. And somehow or another, us, you, so it's almost like 
it's a requirement for survival to achieve some sort of symbiotic existence with AI. It's not a requirement. It's just um, if if you if you want to be along for the ride, uh, then you need to do some kind of symbiosis. So the the, the way your brain works right now, you've got uh, kind of like the animal brain, reptile brain. Kind of, let's for argument's sake, it, it's like the limbic system basically, and you've got the the cortex. Um, now the, the brain purists will argue with this definition, but essentially, you've got um, the primitive brain and you've got the the, the sort of uh, smart brain, or the, the the brain that's capable of planning and understanding concepts and different difficult, you know, things that a monkey can't understand. Um, now, the, the your cortex is much much smarter than your limbic system. Um, nonetheless, they work together well. So I haven't met anyone who wants to delete the limbic system or the cortex. That people are quite happy having both. Um, so you can think of the, the this as being the, like the, the computer, the AI is a, is like a a third layer, a tertiary layer. Uh, so that is like that could be symbiotic with the cortex. It would be much smarter than the cortex, but you essentially have three layers, and, and you actually have that right now. Oh no! Hold on, pause that because. I just got done telling you that he is out there pushing the Ray Kurzweil narrative, and that's it right there. The third layer above the cortex is the AI hive mind neocortex and silicon in the cloud. That is Ray Kurzweil. That's what he talks about. And being able to connect that up and the device that allow us to do that in the first iteration is going to be Elon Musk's Neuralink. Your phone is capable of things. And your computer is capable of things that your brain is definitely not. You know, storing you know, terabytes of information perfectly. Um, doing in incredible calculations that, you, you, you know, we, we couldn't even come close to doing. You have that with your computer. Um, it's just, like I said, the data rate is slow. You, the connection is weak. Why is it so disconcerting? Or why, is it, why does it not give me comfort? To think about, like when I think about a symbiotic connection to AI, I always think of this cold, emotionless sort of thing that we will become. Is that a bad way to look at it? I don't think that's not that's not quite that's not how it would be. Um, like I said, you you already are yeah symbiotic with AI or computers, phones, computers, laptops. Yeah, and there's there's quite a bit of AI going on. You know, so artificial neural net. Again, I look at these things as a tool. I don't want to merge with them. He's talking about the fact that you benefit from your phone, your smartphone, your computer as tools. And so now we want to merge with them. I don't want to become one with my phone. I want to leave my phone turned off and away from me when I feel like escaping from that world. As we talk about in this show, living one foot in the matrix and one foot out. He's talking about putting you 100% into the matrix a thousand times worse than what it already is today. That's, um, increasingly, neural nets are sort of taking over from regular programming more and more. Um, so you are connected. Um, you know, um, if you use... Google Voice or Alexa or one of those things. It's using a neural net to decode your speech and try to understand what you're saying. Um, 
you know, if, if you're trying to do image recognition or improve the quality of photograph, it's it's using the neural net's the best way to do that. So um, you are already uh, sort of a, a, a sort of a cybernetic symbiote. It, like I said, you, not, it's just a question of your data rate. The, the 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 communication speed between your your phone and your brain is slow. When do you think you're going to do it? How long? This is very interesting, actually. Rogan is going to ask Musk when he is going to do it, and who knows if he if he's done it already? No one really knows. How long will you wait? Um, like once it starts becoming available. Yeah, if it works, I'll do it. Sure. Right away. I mean, let's make sure it works. <laughs> How do we make sure it works? We try it on prisoners. Like, what do you do? No, no, you, you take rapists. No, cut holes in their head. No, like I said, if somebody's got a serious brain injury, right? Um, and they're, they're, you know, people have like very severe brain injuries. Um, then, and then you, you can fix those those brain injuries, um, and you know, then you you prove out that it works, and you expand envelope expand and make more and more brain injuries uh solve more and more um and then you know at certain at certain age we, we all are, are going to get alzheimer's we're all going to get senile um and then you know moms forget the names of their kids and that kind of thing and so you know do it's like you said okay well you know this would allow you to remember your names of your kids and 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 have a normal a much more normal life where you you you're able to function uh, much later in life um, so I think that, so essentially that there, there would be, almost everyone would find a need at some point if, if, if you get old enough to use neural, neural link. Um, and, uh, and, and then it's like, okay, so we can improve the functionality and, and improve the communications, communication speed. So then you will not have to use your thumbs to communicate with the computer. See, again, he has to start introducing this through the people with illnesses and disease and injury because that is the adoption campaign that is where you and i can no longer say no to it or we are bad guys who don't want to help grandma or ma remember the kids names that's what he's doing here yet they're going to advance the technology all the way to where you're living in a simulation inside your head and beaming your consciousness down into a biological flesh suit do you ever sit down and extrapolate do you ever like sit down and think about all the different iterations of this and what this eventually leads to um yeah i mean i think i'm sure think about it a lot um there's like i said this is not something that's going to sneak up on you you know there's like getting fda approval for this stuff is not like overnight you know um and this this i mean we'll probably have to be on like version 10 or something um before you know it 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 would realistically be um you know a, a human ai symbiote situation uh, yeah. so it's, it's, you'll see it coming you know you'll see it coming so what so what then I'll see it coming? You're talking about building an AI human cyborg symbiote. And so he's saying, well, it, it won't be that fast. You're going to see it coming. How about we end it all together? You see it coming, but what do you think it's going to be? 
Like when you sit, when you're alone, if you have free time, I don't know if you have free time, but if you just sit down and think about this iteration, the next, onward, keep going, and you drag it out with improvements along the way and leaps and bounds and technological innovations, and where do you see it? What are we going to be? Like when? 20, 25 years from now, what are we going to be? Pay careful attention to this. Are you ready? Where are we going to be 25 years from now? I showed you this clip the other day, but let me let this play, and then I'm going to wrap up this episode. Well, assuming civilization is still around. Um, it's looking fragile right now. Um, I, think we, I think we could have a... In 25 years, probably something... I would think there could be a whole brain interface. A whole brain interface. Something pretty close to that, yeah. How does how do you define what do you mean by whole brain interface? Um, like almost all the neurons are connected to uh, your the, the sort of AI extension of yourself. There we go. There we go, folks. He's saying within 25 years, and this is in 2020, and that brings us up to 2045. Do you remember what 2045 was? 2045 was the year in which Ray Kurzweil predicted that we would literally be mind jumping and uploading our consciousness into these into the AI hive mind neocortex and the point in which we'd have these nanobots running through our bodies repairing ourselves and we would reach immortality as you also saw must talking about the AI hive mind neocortex and I told you they're working from the same narrative as is Dennis Bushnell at NASA as is Yuval Noah Harari at the World Economic Forum they're all working on the same narrative. But the important part, and I'm glad we reviewed this video, as painstaking as it was for both you and me, trust me, I've watched these multiple times so that I could make sure that I was showing you something that would not be a waste of your time. But what we discovered there, the biggest revelation, is that Elon Musk does not believe that we have a soul. Just like Yuval Noah Harari, who tells you that you have no soul. He does not believe it either, because Elon Musk believes that you could upload your brain as a data packet to the cloud and then re-download it into another biological or non-biological body suit unit. And therefore, he does not believe you have a soul. So I think the question you need to ask yourself and the question you need to pose to your children and grandchildren or friends and family who believe that Elon Musk is cool and he's hip and he's out to save humanity because AI is coming. These super intelligent AI deathless authoritarians are coming. The Terminator-like world is coming summoning the demons we are and so he's going to save humanity by merging humanity 
in with the very AI that he's helping build. How can a man who does not believe that you or I have a soul be the man to save humanity? He is not saving humanity. He is out to destroy humanity. He is not going to help you soul jump. He is going to steal your soul. Folks, I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and have a wonderful evening. The Matrix is a computer-generated dream world built to keep us under control in order to change a human being. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Ping.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold.